Welcome back to Feels Like Weezer, where we're go- going over, discussing uh, track by track, song by song, all of Weezer's catalog from uh, the Blue Album to Van Weezer. I'm Eric Nash from Almost Famous Minute. And I'm Zach Franking-Smith. You can follow me on Twitter, at The Informal Log. Yeah. Zach, it's been a while, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, whoo boy, it's been, been kind of crazy recently, just getting everything mm-hmm and everything going. It's summertime when the weather is fine. Uh, was that a Beatles song? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Have you been doing any, anything fun so far this summer? Well, it's it's I'm I'm in lockdown, so <laughs> right. I'm just being really safe, really careful. Besides my essential work <laughs> and getting to like groceries and some very fundamentals, but no, no unnecessary outings. Right. Yeah, I get that, you know, and I've got a pregnant wife and a small child, so I'm the one who goes out and does everything. But, um, yeah, man, it's nuts. There, I mean, everything here now is, you know, whatever. It's free-for-all here, uh, here in Iowa. So it's a great place to live, let me tell you. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, summertime, It's I'm still sweaty constantly. We're bringing that chestnut back um so uh what are we going to talk about today eric um I, well i think this is a, a special episode you know what we do uh, for our seasons this is a, you know essentially the start of the new season uh as far as our show and that that's that that's per album essentially and this right. album that we're going over now is uh make believe oh let me tell you I wish I could make believe that this never happened <laughs> no that's not true uh so bef- before we kind of get into like the history of the album and everything, what because uh, I, I, I for this one especially, I want to kind of get a barometer for us. Like, what do we feel about this album before we start talking about it song by song? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how how do you feel about this this album? At the, like as of right now, without going too far of a deep dive into it, right? Um, it's it's you know I think it's. It's not a standout album. It's not one I think about as being, oh, okay, yeah, I definitely want, if I want to listen to some Weezer, yeah, I'm definitely going to go to Make Believe first and then work my way down, you know, thinking about, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, man, Make Believe. All, all the ones I, I definitely, I know I like an awful lot, you know. So, mm-hmm. but it's not one that I'm averse to either. I mean, on a pretty recent, just I think uh, essentially – Two days ago, I think, um, listening, uh, listen through, or no, one day, one day even, yesterday morning, <laughs> um, I, I gave it crack one, open a nice one, cold cup of Weezer yeah. to get your, I get gave your it, day I started. Gave it one off listening right. then, and and uh, you know, it's it, it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty listenable. You know, there's 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 a mm-hmm. point here or there where it's okay, it's okay. These these songs aren't aren't great Weezer, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're bad Weezer either. Yeah, that's, that's yet to come. Yeah, exactly. This is, this uh, is, yeah, this is not as bad as I think some out there make it seem to be. I'm I'm with you there. Uh, I hadn't, and, and it's weird because I haven't really listened to this album much besides what we've kind of done for a, a cursory listen at the beginning, um, which is very strange because this was like right when I was in high school was when this came out. Mm. Like I was deep in the Beverly Hills era. Uh, you know, and 
so you would think that this would be like my most familiar album, but no, like I've listened to this maybe four or five times all the way through since, since it came out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that goes for like, I've only heard perfect situation, you know, a few times, uh, before I've started listening to it on repeat because we're talking about it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, it, and for one, it, it's okay. I mean, it's not great. There's definitely some snoozers on here. And kind of listening to it recently, it's like, okay, this isn't this isn't great, but it's not bad, you know. Uh, so I'm I'm very I'm very interested in finding out why people don't mm-hmm. like this album, you know. With with I mean, when you look at it on the surface. It looks like it was a win, you know. I mean, you've got Beverly Hills, which is oh, yeah. honestly one of the most recognizable songs of all time. I will I will go down in history saying that 40 years from now, you start playing that opening riff to Beverly Hills, people are going to be able to catch on to it and know what it is. You know, and especially at that time, like 2005, 2006, I mean, it was in everything. You know, commercials and movies. I mean, you couldn't, you know, turn on a TV without hearing it. It was ridiculous. Do you remember the the crazy, you know, oversaturation of Beverly Hills? Yeah, it, yeah, I definitely have a a, a familiarity with uh, a, a, a th- thinking about back at that time. Yeah, it it was it was out there. It was it was seeping into all the mainstream. Exactly. Places. I mean, it it's probably their their best, their most recognizable song, and I'm including Island in the Sun there, which is. Also another one of those songs that was everywhere when it came out. Um, and also it was their first song nominated for a Grammy, which is disappointing for me, yeah. uh, <laughs> just because there's so many better songs. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was, it, it's a platinum album, you know, it was incredibly lucrative and, you know, the the Rivers, his writing, it was back to that kind of like lyrical and more personal songwriting style that he he used to have with like Pinkerton and Blue um, and to an extent Maladroit. Uh, So, you know, it's everything that Weezer fans would have wanted, but I just don't get why like everyone hates this album. You know, and I I just, I I hate absolutes like that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not not everyone. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, almost everyone. (laughs) There we go. Uh, let me qualify it here for you. Um, so like kind of looking into the history of the album. So like starting it, uh, pre-recording and demoing started before Maladroit was released and it took him like three years to write this album, you know? Uh, so, uh, Carl Koch, unofficial fifth member of Weezer and, uh, and the band, they'd upload like early demo versions, uh, of songs for a fifth album, which they didn't have a name for it yet. Um, but then after their Maladroit tour, they scrapped the whole thing and just started from scratch, which is interesting. It's an interesting, that's a, that's, it's an interesting move to take there, Rivers. Uh, well, well and I've, I've, I'm familiar with other bands that have done that kind of something similar, but not necessarily maybe just because of their, their feelings about, what 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 it, what's happening with it? What where, where it's going? It's more like right. I, I think what what isn't 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 it the Green Day uh, American Idiot? Uh, 
debacle is that you know they had a whole bunch of stuff recorded and it got stolen or something really yeah things like that happening and um and that's why but you know a whole start over from scratch would happen yeah uh well join us for a sequel podcast 50 shades of green (laughs) uh where we go through (laughs) green day's entire discography song by song track by track you can hear my child being tortured in the background uh right now which is great um, but it, they didn't have their stuff stolen. Uh, so that ended up with like hundreds of songs that Rivers wrote and they demoed during that time period that just kind of got left on the cutting room floor. Um, but we did get to hear some of these on Death the False Metal, including their amazing cover of uh, Unbreak My Heart which was uh, one of the songs they covered at this time. Also, I think it's worth noting that this is the first album that they actually release like a full cover of a song, like as a part of their main album, Ooh. right? What? Isn't it Best Friends? Isn't Best Friends a... <laughs> the, you're my best friend and I love you. Yes, I do. Eric? Is that, is that the... Are you talking about the Queen song? Well, it, Who did the original of the song you're talking about? I oh man I shouldn't have said this. Uh, best friends Weezerpedia. Uh, uh, my best friend. Oh no. Oh no. Wait. Hold on a second. Yeah, I mean, cause yeah, on Weezerpedia for the make believe for the album itself, you know, track listing says all songs written and composed by Rivers Cuomo. So we're not getting to a, you know, to a album or even um, what EP or single, you know, beside, you know, whatever, you know, I not yet, still not yet. Have we have this. have we had a cover that that they released on their, you know, through one of their records? And so it's only the, in, the two that were the compilations. In the all compilations. of my research, <laughs> boy. Did I screw that up? Yeah. I'm cutting that whole thing out. Because I don't want to look like an idiot. Um, no, I'm kidding. We'll find out. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, while they were writing this album, uh, Rivers kind of went through like a spiritual change within himself. Uh, he thinks uh, Rick Rubin, their producer at the time, uh, he's he introduced him to... Uh, Vipassana meditation, uh, which you obviously know all about, right, Eric? Mm, uh, sure. As a practitioner. <laughs> um, but for those in the audience who don't, uh, it's a self-oriented meditation process. Uh, so it's, it's about introspection. It's about, you know, looking in on yourself and uh, figuring out what you can be better for you. So it literally translates to special seeing. Uh, but they, you know, Buddhists or whoever practices this, uh, they, they refer to it as insight. So again, looking into yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's designed to help you find the three marks of existence. And I'm going to screw this up real bad. I tried to find pronunciations, but I couldn't. Uh, anika, which is impermanence. Dukkha. Dukkha? Goal Dukat, um, Dukkha, suffering, unsatisfactoriness is what that is, and uh, Anatta, 
which is the non-self. It also teaches you about morality, mindfulness of breathing, reflection, that kind of stuff, uh, or something like that. Uh, you can definitely Google if you want to find out more. Uh, but let me tell you, that was what I gleaned from <laughs> from my research on Vipassana. Uh, but you can really see that when you look at the lyrics from this album, you know, uh, Rivers said that many of the songs were a return to musical, emotional bloodletting, which is like super metal sounding, you know. Um, so you kind of get to see his writing style change from this kind of, you know, especially you see in Green where it's, okay, I'm just going to turn this out, make pop ballads, you know, and then be fine. Uh to a more introspective kind of thing. So uh, the song Pardon Me was written after a meditation course, um, and the teacher made him repeat, I seek pardon from all those who have harmed me in action, speech, or thought. And that's reflected within the song, which I think is interesting. Well, well, well but, but how could he write it? Because that was, that was a song by Incubus. This, this is a cover, right? <laughs> okay. Are you making fun of me now? This podcast is over. <laughs> Pack it up. We're done. Yes. Um, so he also wrote Hold Me, uh, which is one of my favorite songs on the album, uh, while he was fasting, which is not one of my favorite things to do. Um, so I don't do it. Uh, most kind of, uh, one of the songs that I think kind of is more, let me try that sentence again. Um, you can really see that he is writing emotionally with the song, the other way, uh, because this was written for Cuomo's ex-girlfriend, uh, Jennifer Chiba. Um, uh, so it was after her boyfriend at the time, um, Elliot Smith, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh yeah. Uh, I, 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 do love have and love one album of his right XO. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah album. he's he's fantastic yeah, yeah. uh but that's <laughs> he's fantastic like saying that because you really don't know <laughs> his music yeah yeah no he's really good yeah yeah uh yeah I, i'm a big fan of uh of ox his album ox uh it's xo but backwards anyway um all of this is to say he wrote it after he committed suicide. <laughs> so um, we really vamped into a joke there. And then it just, then it was very depressing after that. So good work, Eric, is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but uh, so basically he said that Rivers said that this was a way for him to, because he couldn't like go up and talk to her. So he wrote this as a way to let her know that he's thinking about her and all that, which you don't really see that a lot with Rivers pre this, you know, like you wouldn't really think that that would be something he wrote during the green era or um, Maladroit, you know, Um, maybe Pinkerton, but I don't think that would fit in very well um, amid all of the sexism. Um, so the album was released on May 10th, 2005. Uh, I was 13 at the time. Um, 
So it was uh, an incredible debut, uh, 193,000 copies in the first week, which uh, put it at number two on the Billboard 200, which is unfathomable, you know, for, like, especially Weezer now. Like, there's no way. Maybe Van Weezer might hit those numbers, honestly, because Mm -hmm. they've got, like, actual good trending songs uh, with this one. But we'll see when that comes out. Um, but the reviews were mixed, and uh, I don't—I didn't normally want to talk about the reviews uh, in these specials, but I had to this time because, uh, boy, were they mixed. Uh, we got Rolling Stone giving it a four out of five. Uh, Sputnik Music gave it a one point five out of five. Slant gave it a two point five out of five. IGN gave it a nine point three out of ten. And the greatest review <laughs> of all time comes from Pitchfork, which gave it a 0.4 out of 10, uh, which led to a wonderful and delightful text exchange between me and you, uh, where you just absolutely would not believe that that they got a 0.4 out of 10 during this, which um, it it brought me quite, quite joy, brought me a lot of joy there. Uh, when I was reading through those and uh, saw that point four, good lord! Um, so the uh, the negative reviews tended to focus on like the overly poppy music, also you know that it was kind of mediocre. Uh, but a lot of attention was paid to the lyrics, where a lot of them, you know, people found you kind of split into two camps, kind of like with Pinkerton when it first came out. Um, you either really like it because the lyrics are so self-deprecating and maudlin or you hate it because it's too self-deprecating or maudlin um so but you kind of look at it and it's like well this is the reason that pinkerton everybody likes pinkerton so much you know is because the lyrics are so personal and so like sad but you're not gonna like this because that it's the same thing i don't know Hmm. uh so hopefully this season we'll find out why people aren't a fan of this album. Uh, why people aren't fans of this album. That sentence didn't work here, but uh, I got a few random tidbits before we wrap up here. Uh, so the liner notes contain a monologue from uh, uh, Prospero from The Tempest by uh, Billy Wigglestick. Uh, William Shakespeare, in case you're wondering. <laughs> So I was going to read it, but I don't want to. Uh, so a lot of people think because of how it was said, because of that, uh, that line or the, the monologue, it was that it was going to be their last album, which Ooh. it's not, obviously, because uh, we've got a few more to talk about after here. Uh, so on the first CD run and all vinyl releases, there were a few mistakes on there. Uh, we Are All on Drugs has some different lyrics, which we'll talk about when we get there. Um, and this is such a pity. There is a different drum fill, which we'll talk about when we get there. And then perfect situation. They recut the chorus, which I have a lot to say about that when we get to that episode. Surprising. I have, uh, opinions. Um, also some, here's, here's my, uh, my absolute favorite tidbit about this, about this album. Uh, so, it wasn't originally called Make Believe. Uh, they were they were coming with uh, some different some different ones. So some things that came through were either way I'm fine, 
which I think I think that would fit the tone of the album quite a bit. Uh, another one was some somnambulist dream, uh, which I found out that somnambulism is sleepwalking. Fun, fun fact. Uh, and most importantly, our good friend Pat Wilson said uh, he wanted the album to be called 1,000 Soviet Children Marching Towards the Sun. Which, oh boy. Can you imagine? Like, oh, hey everybody, welcome back to uh, Feels Like Weezer. We're we're talking about uh, Perfect Situation from 1,000 Soviet Children Marching Towards the Sun. Uh it's it's almost as long as everything go ahead it's almost as long as everything will be all right in the end yeah right infinitely better than that title and i love that title (laughs) but don't don't you think we'd be saying ots cmts oh i absolutely would not i would absolutely not be saying that i would say the whole title every time um well it's the same thing with everything will be all right in the end it's broken down to their you know initials and initialism Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and then finally, they were also toying with the idea of calling this the Red Album, mm-hmm. which they obviously didn't because that's their next album, which, boy, am I excited to talk about. Um, so that's basically make-believe. Uh, great season, Eric. We'll uh, come back for the Red Album next. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but this is going to be a, a season of firsts, Eric. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah we've, but but we've not, got... not the first cover on an album. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Feels Like Weezer. Uh, I'm Zach Frankensmith, and uh, we're done. We're, we're done. We're done with the podcast. Um, so, <laughs> no, we've got our, our first international guest, oh. uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we... It's the first time we're going to be releasing two episodes on one song, which I'm very oh excited about. Oh boy! Breaking and the whole re- the whole reason that's happened is because I cannot keep a schedule. So, um, but yeah, other than that, um, so we uh, no, I don't have anything. So, what uh, what else you got? <laughs> Well, I think we could just uh, mention our do our little plugs here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we're working on a Patreon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're we're working on one, uh, but we don't have anything set up because here's the thing. Uh, I I mentioned at the top of the show that my wife's pregnant. Um, the baby is due in August. Um, which is very exciting. We're hoping to get most of the stuff recorded before then. But there may be uh, some sporadic, you know, timing things that aren't, you were going to miss, maybe miss a few weeks, but, you know, it's all because I'll be sleep deprived. Uh, baby number two. Woohoo. Um, I'm actually very excited. Don't, don't take my tone as not being excited. But, um, yeah, so we may have some, some uh, gaps in, in programming there. But uh, we were, think- we were going to start a Patreon with Make Believe. But with all that happening kind of around here, uh, I'm, we're going to push it back to the Red Album. Mm-hmm. But we, I want to hear from you guys. I, I want to hear what what would you like to hear us talk about for uh, bonus episodes? Um, what other kind of uh, 
things would you like to hear from us uh, or you know what will be tiers like what kind of things you would like to see come from feels like Weezer um, with the Patreon what would you like to see behind a paywall um, you know because we're obviously going to keep this show as free as possible um, but you know like I said I've got another baby on the way <laughs> babies ain't cheap I don't know if you know this or not but uh, so yeah we'd love to uh, we'd love to hear from you guys what you would like to uh, see from us you can um, talk to us about it on the feels like Weezer listener society uh, which is on Facebook. You can uh, shoot us a, a DM on Facebook, uh, which is you know feels like Weezer. Just look at us, look us up there um, on Twitter at feels like Weezer. You can also send us an email feels like Weezer at gmail dot com, and we'd be more than happy to hear from you. Uh, if you really want to, you could leave those suggestions in a review on iTunes, uh, which is you know something that. If, if uh, you don't want to support a Patreon, that's one way to help us, and it's completely free. So, um, yeah. that's. Did you see that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that brilliant segue, Eric? <laughs> that was beautiful. And I'm getting no feedback from you all, and it's very depressing. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Feels Like Weezer is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, you can check us out at PantheonPodcast.com uh, or follow us on Twitter, Pantheon Pods. Uh, you can listen to uh, podcasts from former guests, Heather, uh, from the Make It Stop podcast. And uh, and you can also hear Quentin and Travis from the No Filler podcast. Uh, but we also have a podcast on there from our very own Eric Nash. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, that's uh, Almost Famous Minute. I think I mentioned at the top. Uh and that's a movie-by-minute type podcast uh, going over the movie Almost Famous, one minute at a time. So you can kind of see a little similarity here between that and this. Yeah, it's almost like we just flat out took the idea from there. But um, we also have uh, our T Public, which you, you do the, uh, the the designs for and everything. So, uh, which are, I love our, I love our, public store. And some it's of fantastic. the blocked designs. Oh yeah, some of the uh, <laughs> some of the uh, too hot for for uh, tea public designs. You know, those are uh, pretty spicy. But uh, <laughs> uh, Eric, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, uh, at Lucky Mustard, and I also have my Instagram at Lucky Mustardine. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Informal Log, and you can follow my Instagram at zsmithbgramen. That used to be my my whole thing was it would be zsmithb and then whatever the social media was. Ooh. See, I I, I knew how to brand. I, for some reason, I thought it was a play on grammar. Since you're a librarian, oh, you were a librarian, right? We don't talk about those days anymore. No, no, no. It's uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a uh, Facebook was Z Smith be booking. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Goodreads, which you can always follow me on Goodreads, <laughs> is uh, Z Smith be reading. Nuts. It's you know that's that's how you brand like a pro. Anyway, uh, so we'll see you uh, next week for the first episode proper of uh, Make Believe. We're going to be talking about Beverly Hills, which. Boy, do we have people who have a lot to say about Beverly Hills. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good. thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks, Eric, for joining me today. Well, thank you, Zach. Zach.
Yeah, yeah. That's I, I tried to do an outro. We really fizzled out there at the end. This is very disappointing to me. <sighs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.